three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your uh, Triple H here, your humble host hunter, as it were. And <laughs> the look on our my guest's face was priceless right there. Solid wrestling reference, just saying. But uh, I am joined by fellow podcaster, frequent contributor to The Real Pineapple. You can also check out his own podcast, On the Fly, with KJ and OJ. Uh, OJ, how you doing tonight, sir? Humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. We got a so this is one of the few weeks. It's weird that's Labor Day weekend too, but there's nothing coming out this week. There's nothing. I was looking through film calendar and there's there's yep. Jack. Yep. The next big thing is uh it chapter two, which I we will review. I do not know if I'm gonna see. <laughs> so. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast uh, before, uh, first off, welcome. Uh, if you've been with us for a, a, for a minute, you know that out of the nearly 400 reviews we've done, the one movie I've sat in on for review for that I have not seen is It, because I am definitely afraid of clowns. I think they are the, the I would say the second scariest thing. Mimes creep me out more just because of the silence, so it's like, Mimes, it's like a one A one B. You know what I mean? I like, get you. I get you. So that that mime and Euro trip is one of the greatest villains of all, <laughs> of all time. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know if we're uh, like I said, we will have a review for it. Don't know if I'm seeing it. I might, might sit down because uh, I'm I'm actually leaving, going out of town with a fellow real podcast member, Colin, and we're seeing Scott. Yay! Uh, so we won't have any reviews up this uh, this next weekend, but I'll have reviews up on Thursday night before I leave because I want to give you guys something to listen to over Labor Day. You're welcome. But what we're talking about tonight is talking about the boys. The boys. About, yeah. Uh, you know, not, not a rap group, by the way. Not like boys. No. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought. I was disappointed when I watched this. I was like, where's, where's Jeezy? What the hell? But hey, To be fair, these boys could hang in the hood. They... Yeah, so uh, we so neither one of us read the because this is a series of comics. Yep, I'm gonna say right. And yep. It's a it's a Gaiman. It's Neil Gaiman. No, no, it's Gar. Oh gosh, uh, Cage is gonna kill me for not knowing this. It's like Gareth Ennis or something. I was like, like I was like, yeah. Uh, oh my god, why am I why am I blanking on the guy's name? Uh, I think it is Gareth. Uh, uh, is it Garth Garth Ennis? Gar- Gareth Garth Ennis? Uh, yeah, Garth. Garth, Garth, Garth. Yeah, Garth. Okay, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You were close. Go us. Uh, but, so I have no, uh, as nerdy as I am, I have no context or any uh, sort of really understanding going into this. This is a Amazon exclusive, and we got to talk about it here. Uh, unfortunately, they canceled the other big comic book show, which is The Tick, which breaks my heart. Hopefully, yep. hopefully it finds a new home, but... And we'll have that reviewed by the end of the year. But the thing about the boys I found really interesting is that it's very much that 
evolution of something like Kick-Ass. It's like Kick-Ass, but more for adults, because there's, yep. no, there's no, like, hit-girl character where you go, oh, kids will love her. You, you know what I mean? It, it's, I, yep. it's very much a, look, this is... And the show, to its credit, does lay its cards out on the table pretty early on in the sense of this is going to only get darker. If you're not okay with that, you can probably turn back now. <laughs> I mean, the, the yeah. first, I mean, the first episode pretty much goes, "Hey, this is this is what it is. Are you cool with that or not?" And so I give the show credit for just having the, the guts to just kind of throw it all out there like that. I will say too, man, this is a disturbing but a at points brilliant show. Uh, kind of, kind of your thoughts as far as like what you thought going into this, because I know, like I said, you didn't have any comic context on this, so right. Um, I was, you know, like anything that that is, uh, like, um, got such a uh, uh, what you call source material behind it. Um, you know, you you question if it's going to be good or how it's going to land or anything like that. Um, I heard this was some next level shit. I kind of didn't believe it until I saw it. And then my mind was kind of blown with it. And I gotta say, man, the, this is really well written. The dialogue is amazing. Um, the acting is fantastic on almost every account. I mean, I can't think of anybody who phones it in, can you? No, I thought, uh, I thought everyone in this... And it, it was going to really come down to... I think there are a couple characters that will hit for people more than some other characters do i think star uh starlight yeah uh, she, she's my personal favorite she's I, brilliant uh, she is brilliant i do want to say that yeah i, th- I thought she was the, the genuine best part but we're got, we got to talk about your boy too because we both love this man we were both fans of dread which we have not reviewed because it was before the channel was a thing but damn it we're gonna have to go back and review it uh carl urban plays billy butcher and uh, he's your favorite, right? Um, overall, oh, oh man, it's hard, dude. I think Homelander is my overall favorite. Okay. But, man, there's so many characters that I really like in this show. Um, the thing about, uh, Billy Butcher, though, um, Carl Urban, and I, I said this on, uh, I said this on my show, um, I think this is his best role. Yeah. I really do. He fucking just hits this home. Now, because I will counter, why is this his best role for you? Um, I think this shows him a darker, more complex side that you saw previously. Okay. Uh, Dread, you don't really go dark with it as it is more... Uh, he's, just, he's just more of a dick, kind of with a conscience. But, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, with McCoy, you know, he really does the DeForest Kelly super well and everything like the that. The most underrated character in Abrams' track series, by the way. Oh, absolutely. And and, and we both have uh, agreed on the fact he should have had more screen time. Oh, yeah. And all three of them. Yeah. Uh, his stuff with Spock in the third one, though, is some of my favorite, though. Masterclass, love it. Um, but I think this really sticks out because this kind of character, uh, if you put anybody else in the role... I don't think it. I don't think it lands quite as well, and that's what I think makes it his best role. Okay, I mean, so I will say I, I, it's still dread for me, and that's but, cool. But after watching this, it's it. The gap is so close. I'm not giving you kickback on it. You know what yeah. I mean. But 
but you could make an argument for either character. Because, I agree. Because you could make an argument for McCoy too. Man. Yeah, really you could. You really could. It's one A, B, and C. Yeah, but and he had that show almost human, and that was just on the wrong network, by the way, because it's Fox yeah. and sci-fi. That, if that was on FX or Showtime, that shit would have been like a bigger hit. And I and I kind of hate that, that show got canceled. Granted, we got dread because of it, but. Yeah, I I really liked Almost Human. I was like, oh, it's a cool concept, and of course, wasted. But and but, while cheesy as fuck, I do like Doom. You, you do like Doom. You like I do. Yeah, like I actually like I like Carl Urban more than I like The Rock in it. I think it's stupid all the way around. It, oh, it is. And, and and I like the first person shots in it and everything. But that was my first introduction to Carl Urban was Doom. Really? And I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, I'm gonna remember this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And then he ends up, like, being McCoy, and I was like, oh, shit. And then, like, you know what I mean? It kind of just goes from there, and I was just like, I dig all of this. I dig all of this. This is going to be great. And he's quickly become one of my favorites, and, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm going to put you on blast, man. But you laid it out during when we were watching, what, episode two? Who you think he should play in the Oh, yeah. So, uh... This is all you, man. So Yeah, so there's this scene... Uh, in the second episode, where they go to this, I, I can't think remember the name of the club, but it's like a a very it's it's a soup hangout sort of thing. Yeah, but there are people like giving. There's this one guy there who is able to. He's basically the Mister Fantastic character, and he basically wraps his arms and gives these two guys a hand job at the same time. And you're like, oh shit! Like again, if by episode two you haven't run for the hills, then you know where it's gonna. You, you know it. It does get darker and more right. fucked up, by the way. But uh, but there's this shot because you get Carl Urban and he's bearded. And bearded Carl Urban might be my new favorite Carl Urban because he looks great with a beard. Like, like oh my God, it's great. He wears it well. He, he really does. Uh, if, if my beard can ever get to that level, I'll be very happy. But, uh, but Billy Butcher, though, he gives this guy this look. And I remember I looked over at OJ and said, dude, he should be Wolverine. And OJ actually pauses the show and looks at me and goes, oh my god, he should be Wolverine. And we just started talking about Wolverine for five minutes and then got back to the show. But, I yeah, I love that casting idea. Carl Urban should be Wolverine. Yeah, I think he would be, I think he would be fantastic. And he's not, how old is Carl Urban? He's in his 40s. Is he really? Yeah, man. Really? 72. Yeah. So, what, 46? Seven? Cause yeah, June? yeah. He's forty-seven. That can't be right. Eight, yeah, man. Nine, ten, eight, eight, nine, ten. Cause I'm born right. in eighty-one, man. I'm forty-seven. Oh my god, he's, oh my god, he is forty-seven. Yeah. That is um, that is insane. Right. He looks in. He looks like he's 32, 33. He does. Oh, oh. You know what? Fuck it. Have me worried. Don't even care. <laughs> like. I, well, I mean, that's the hang-up there, man. I mean, the age is the big thing. I mean, you kind of got to go like super younger, but. Dude, he would be so good. Yeah, I. You know what? If they want, you know what? Yeah, Clone Wolverine. I get get X twenty three in there. I like it because I just want to see him with claws now. That's really all I want. But I I thought Billy's character though, because Billy is selfish. He's such a selfish asshole at points yes, that you kind of sit back and go, "Damn it, Billy!" Like it. it Damn it, Barry! Damn yeah, it, Billy! Exactly. Like, come on, dude, be better. But. You find out that he hates soups. That's what they call superheroes in here, is soups. And I will say his reasoning for not liking soups, uh, it's justified. Or or is it? 
and we will we will get there. So I'm gonna go through the rest of the characters here. Jack Quaid plays Huey Campbell, who's kind of he's a he's like James McAvoy's character in Watchmen or in uh, in <laughs> James McAvoy in Watchmen. That would be funny. No, in a Wanted, where he's just this has a nine to five, yeah, uh, a, a geek has this girl that. <coughs> Honestly, for as nerdy, nerdy as he is, I'm like, man, the, the sex must be great because he's so out of his league. Like, that, no, that chick was... He was, he was stunning. I was, I was like, wow, okay. And their chemistry is super cute, which is why when he gets killed <laughs> by basically the Flash character of the show, A-Train, who's played by Shaft Jr. himself, Jesse T. Usher, uh, I want to say, that's, just, that's the dumb kid from... Yeah, okay, so... I'm happy he was in this, Jesse T. Usher, because he played Will Smith's son in Independence Day Resurgence, and I, I, I have hated him for a minute because of that movie. So I he, never did see that. Oh, dude, he has this one line that I, that this was my reaction, so I'm going to say a line, now I'll react to it. All right, baby, it's the 4th of July. It's time for some fireworks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> middle middle of the theater. I was like, I, t- I was like, you're the worst. And, <laughs> and then I see him in this. I go, wow, I actually liked him quite a bit as A Train. I my only real gripe with A Train is I would have liked to have seen him be more heroic out in the community. So when he does have his kind of druggy, uh, you know, fall from grace, it would it would hit a little better for me. But as far as his dialogue and stuff. I thought he was fantastic in this. Uh, kind of your thoughts? Oh yeah, he he is a very good uh, kind of like moving piece that kind of keeps us going. <laughs> moving piece, nice. <laughs> well, no, I mean he really is though. Like, kind of, he's kind of all over the place, but he's so central to it because I mean everything that goes back to his girlfriend's place of uh, what was her name, Pop Claw or something like that. And we'll get to the scene with her, which oh my god, which good grief, that uh, was yeah, that was in, that was intense, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, he is a, he is central to how the plot of this keeps moving. He's like the personification of a MacGuffin in this case. That's a, yeah, actually, that's really spot on. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's really good in this. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Now, we gotta talk about your, your favorite character, so I'm gonna let you kind of riff here. Uh, we're talking about Homelander, who's basically the Superman character. He, yeah, man. He's the kid from Brightburn growing up, and as and I'm going to give you credit on this, he is Batman's biggest fear in BVS. When he's talking about what Superman could do, yeah. it's Homelander. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, as a uh, as a mortal, uh, not a mere mortal because I'm awesome, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but Homelander is horrifying. He is scary in a way that he gave me chills a couple times. Like, he says fuck almost as well as Samuel Jackson. Yeah. He's telling people to shut the fuck up. He says just like this with that authoritative tone. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, he's scary. So, t- yeah, talk to me about him. Um, This guy and this character is fucking brilliant and disturbing and all of that all wrapped up into one. In my opinion, one of the freshest villains we've had in a while. Yeah. Um, in kind of any aspect, because he's such a dick. Like, like I don't, it's hard to explain, man. Like, kind of like in like movie franchises, like you try to establish like a villain uh, moving forward as someone that you can go back to and like pull out uh, when you need to uh, to kind of keep some shit going. You do it in TV a lot and everything like that. Um, 
I kind of thought... Oh, how do I put this? Um, sorry, hold on here. Um, he is psychotic. How can I put He's the scariest villain I've seen on TV in a long fucking time. Could go down as one of the best of the 21st century. Okay. Like, he's that good. Um, I It's kind of hard to put into words, because I haven't been this impressed with a TV villain in a long time. Long, 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 long time. And Homelander is fucking great. Um, he's just as scary as you think he might be, an evil Superman could be. The, like, the scene where he is uh, working with the military and taking down those forces, yeah. and he is just laser-eyeing everything in that building, and it's just like... You just see the glow of his eyes moving through, and it's just such a creepy shot. He's so happy to be killing these people. Yep. That's the part that's scary. He's doing it with a smile on his face, and you go, wow. Now, I'll say right now, as, as someone who's been knee-deep in uh, villain show, uh, superhero uh, TV shows for a while, uh, he's right up there with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, Kingpin for me. I just, I was sitting there watching and I went, he's so menacing, but charming when he needs to be. And yep. he plays the public like a fiddle in a way that it's it's horrifying, but you see politicians, won't mention names, uh, <laughs> yep. how, how they do it. And you're like, and you go, wow, this is, and there is this one shot that remind me out of something out of uh, Red Sun uh, Superman, where he is at this Christian like concert or convention and he's flying above everyone, and he's got his hands out, and people are like chanting his name. It's very much a literal hero worship sort yep. of scene, and it, it 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 gave me chills just in the way of wow, this is how dictators you know get started is with adoration and power like this, you know. And it, it's it's really quite horrifying if I'm being completely honest. It it's the last. I felt like I was watching the last twenty minutes of Brightburn whenever he's on screen, and I mean that because when you just see him. He's a he's terrible pretty much from jump, but to see him descend more and more and more into not only damn near getting off on hurting people, but the power he's able to yield, it's it's really horrifying to watch. And his relationship with uh Madeline uh Stillwell, who's played by Elizabeth Shue, which oh my god, she's getting work. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, she's great in this. So Elizabeth Shue, I just scrolled up my IMDb and there's a picture of Pennywise and that just made me go, uh, but, but, but Elizabeth Shue's uh, Madeline Stillwell, I will say, it, OJ will tell you, it takes a lot to creep me out. The scenes between Homelander and her, it's like they're role-playing a, like, like a stepmom, like, stepson sort of fantasy because... There's a scene where uh, she just had a kid when the show starts, and so she's breastfeeding at points, or, or pumping during the show. And so there's a scene where you see Homelander looking at this this painting, and Starlight comes over and goes, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna like go to bed. Good night." And goes, "Good night." And you're kind of it's, it's a picture of himself, too. yeah, yeah. And Which is a weird thing to like kind of walk up on, right? Because he's like just staring up close at this picture of himself, yeah. But it's her office on the other side. And you see him just using his uh, x-ray vision to watch her pumping. And it's just, it, it made me so uncomfortable. And then there's the follow-up scene to that where he's sucking on her titty. Yeah, where 
she knows, like, oh, she calls him on and goes, oh, you've been spending a lot of time at that, uh, at that painting. You just come in here. And so she sits down on the couch, and he lays down on her lap and starts sucking on her, like, lactating boobs. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, that gave me chills. Like, not in a good way to preface <laughs> before people go, like, her, what? <laughs> but, no, no, no. Not in, a, not in a good way. But it is just, it's unnerving. That's the perfect word for it. It's right? very unnerving. Yeah. And Especially the direction it goes because she fucks him later on. Yeah. And then what he ends up doing to her. Yep. Like, it's a true descent. Because I think it's funny how you uh, point out that those levels of steps going further and further away. He took away, like, the one thing that he cared about the most. Until he found out. And you know what it was? Hmm. When he found out. Oh, she, is it okay to talk about the end spoilers? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going full spoilers on this. All right, cool. So, at the very, I think what happened, because you, know, you know how he goes from, you know, giving a shit about uh, Elizabeth Shue yeah, to... Madeline. Madeline, sorry. Yeah. Um, all the way to what he ends up doing to her, which is, spoiler alert, folks, lasering her in the fucking face. And not, yeah, and not just in the face, but intimately, like, kissing her before yeah. looking her right in the eye and then doing it. Right, and just, like... It melts her fucking face. Like, it's really grotesque. Um, it's straight out of Raiders, to be completely honest. It, yeah. Like, it's very similar to that. Um, I think it's funny how it jumps to that. Because I think prior... Because I don't think it does if he doesn't find out that he has a son. Okay. You see what I mean? That's fair. Because he was the son, kind of... Who's kind of fucking his mother, which is this whole other thing to begin with. Because, yeah, that scene was creepy when she just got on top of him. Yeah. Um, but, like, going from being the son to being not the son. You know what I mean? I get that, that. Since he has that role and responsibility in front of him. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, folks, because that's a big hiccup at the end of season one. Which we'll get there. Oh, my God. Though. Because of all that, I think if he doesn't know that... He doesn't kill her, and I think that's a, that. I think that's a very fair point. Uh, what, what what I did find interesting about that whole scene is how uh, this is very much Tony Soprano. Like I, I watch a little bit of Sopranos, but this is very much Vic Mackey. This is very much Tony Soprano. This is very much Walter White, where Billy Butcher really is arguably the biggest villain in this show because so much of his selfishness is bringing down the lives of everyone around him. To a point where the fact that more people didn't die is kind of amazing when you kind of think about it. Yep. But you think about how all their lives are affected uh, affected and are damaged to the point of really no repair, to be completely honest. like Because, yeah. because you look at uh, Huey Campbell, his dad, played by Simon Pegg, which... I mean, he's just really happy to see Simon Pegg. I just love seeing Simon Pegg. Hey, I'm glad it gets work, man. And I, I, I get uh, apparently Simon Pegg is actually uh, his likeness is used in the comics for the Huey character, but Simon Pegg's a little, a little older now, you know. So right, right. So I get that you can't have him play Huey, but we got Jack Quaid, and Jack Quaid is uh what is Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's kid. Yep. Yep. Which um. Which whenever I saw uh, I saw him on screen, I'm like, God, that's weird to think of. <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? Because you know they didn't end on the best terms. But so I got to give him a lot of credit because for an actor I wasn't familiar with at all, I was kind of sitting there like, 
all right, rookie, like, what are you, like, you going to show me, you know? He uh, stepped up. And he, he knocked this out of the park for me because he is, this is, gonna, this is a compliment, I promise, he is the most intelligent version of Hugh Grant possible. And what I mean by that is that he has a very, that stuttering, you know, kind of unsure way that he delivers his dialogue. He has that, he has that shit down by the end of the season. But then you see him become more confident and, you know, the way he's talking to Billy and everything. It's a really cool transformation to see. But then when he has to go ahead and get pissed off and, you know, and really step up and do shit, you go, okay, like, he's, he's earned his stripes, you know. Uh, the, the the first kind of big action scene is with Huey, Billy, and this member of uh, the Seven, which is, like, their Avengers, their Justice League, uh, which Homelander is the uh, the, the star of. Uh, the character's died, what, Translucent? Or tra- yep. Yeah, Translucent's the name of the character. And bless you. Thank you. And Translucent, who's played by Alex uh, Hassel, you don't see him a lot. But he's first off, he's a uh, a peeping tom or a peeping trans. Yeah, <laughs> he's a uh, he's a bit of a scumbag. Well, they're all kind of a bit of a scumbag. And I think that's if there's anything, <sighs> I, I did find myself struggling a little bit to attach to anyone that wasn't Starlight. I attached to Huey a little bit, but everyone in the show is so, and, and I think to an extent, like uh, I attached to Frenchie. Okay, that's fair. Because Frenchie gives a shit. Frenchie does give a shit. Uh, who's played by Tomer uh, uh, Capon, is what I'm going to go with. He is probably my favorite character in the show. I yeah. thought he was just charming, uh, real about who he is. I mean, he's yep. a murderer. He has this conversation with, uh, with Huey about the fact that, look, I've killed people. And every single one of those people who I've killed, it sticks with me. Uh, it, it's kind of similar. It reminded me of Buffy when Angel's talking to Buffy about she asks how many people he's killed and he says like 300. Or like, uh, no, I think he says like thousands. And he goes, I remember every single person. And you go, oh shit, that's dark. Uh, they they kind of do deep dive into that about yep. how he, you know, how he is a killer. And I and I really actually appreciated that. Uh, but I thought Huey and his relationship in particular, because I think if you only have Billy and Huey work well together... <laughs> The dynamic of the whole boys concept takes a huge dive, so it was really cool to see Huey and uh, and uh, Frenchie's uh, relationship work as well as it did. Agreed. And the brother, uh, uh, Lon- uh, Laz Alonzo, God, it's a black name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a black exploitation movie, but well, it's a hard A and it's Laz Alonzo. Yeah, I think. Might be. I mean, it's a person with accent over it, too. But, 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 he plays, he's played Mother, his, the character's name is Mother's Milk. Yep. And, I'm sorry, remind me why they call it Mother's Milk? I can't. Because he's as smooth as Mother's Milk. That's right. Okay. And, I will say, again, as a person of color, I love seeing black people, black actors, men and women, getting, getting work. And, I want to see his brother more stuff. I thought he was just I thought he was excellent. I he, thought was. he was. He was. He was very. He had a very calm charisma about him. Like he's not, you know, like you know, shooting guns on show all the time or anything like that. But the first scene where he's talking to his girlfriend in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. Well, OJ has definitely like heard me on the phone go talking to Alea. Go, I, I love you, babe. And he'll. I'll get off the phone. He'll look at me. He's like nerd. It's like whatever. Nerd. 
<laughs> but but it's very much that scene, and, and they all just clown him. He's oh like, yeah, he's like, I love you, babe. And he goes up, and everyone starts to laugh. So hard, dude. Yeah, he's like, whatever. Like like I love her. Okay, it. I I found it really funny and really sweet. But he's a badass when he needs to be. Oh man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can see why him and Billy. And, and I will say they they let you know enough that him and Billy have a past. Got into it a little bit. I, I hope in flashbacks or something like that, second season, we get a little more of that flushed out. I'm hoping so, too. Because I feel like there's a lot more. There's a lot more there, clearly. Which season two is happening. Yeah, which it, it's shooting, actually, as we speak. So, yep. I don't know if it's actually shooting, but they're they're, they're, <laughs> they're working on season two. So, uh, hopefully we do get more of that backstory. Now, I, let's kind of go through this, the rest of the seven here. So, uh, Dominique... Uh, I'm gonna butcher your name. I am sorry, Dominique uh, Miguel. Uh, I'm gonna go with that. Uh, she plays kind of, Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> she plays Queen uh, Queen Mav, who's the like the Wonder Woman yep. version. Uh, except she's stronger. Um, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I can't before anyone oh. before anyone yelled at me. House of Cards. That's why I recognized that was gonna drive me fucking nuts. Okay, I knew I. And Helen Wheels. See, I, I knew I'd seen her before. Um, damn, I really like her. I've seen her a lot of stuff, and I'm sitting here looking at her uh, filmography. I knew I'd recognize her, but first off, just get out of the way. She's absolutely gorgeous, stunning. Yes, she is. Just, I loved, loved the way that they portray her character. I just wish I got more of it, because she's, yep. she's very much that, that, uh, that female cornerstone of the Seven, and you find she's got a lot of demons. Like, she was an AA at a point, they say. Yep. Uh, you find out she's at least bi. Yep. Uh, well, well, she's bi. Or, or pan. Uh, probably one, too. But uh, she has a girlfriend who she goes and talks to after this issue with a Flight 37, which we'll get to. Which, which, which my God. Which, Ooh. good grief. But you find, you find out that there's a lot more to her than the show really lets on at first. I just wish I got more of it. Because so many of the scenes between her and, her and Homelander have a lot of weight. But I think they would have more weight if her character was better developed. Uh, kind of your thoughts on that. Um, I agree. Um, I would like to have seen a bit more, like, they reference a past relationship between Homelander and yeah. Queen Mav that I would have liked to have seen something on. They only really show it... For two seconds. Yeah. And it's the setup to one of the major plot pieces that's revealed later on. But it's still one of those cases that you go, where's more of this? Why yeah. aren't these two together? Like, what were they like, you know? <clears throat> no, I And uh, um, she... The scene with the ex-girlfriend, I thought was her best scene. I agree. Um, I agree with that. Actually, both scenes. Yeah. Because the follow-up where the girlfriend shows up on set to confront. Oh, yeah. And they're still filming like assholes. Yeah. yeah I, I still think that's going to come back next season. Oh, absolutely. Because they were still filming. Yep. Oh, yeah. The, the, the fact that there were cameras there, you know, that that's a, that's a very unresolved thread. That's like, mm-hmm. we're leaving this hang out there for a reason. I, I So, going through the rest of Seven, uh, Chase Crawford, which I, I was shocked when I saw Chase Crawford. I was like, what? I was like... Because when I see him, I think Gossip Girl, because a girl staying at the time loved that fucking show. So I'm unform- I'm unfortunately somewhat familiar with his character, Nate. So seeing him in here, 
playing the Aquaman character, except tougher. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I know. I'm just trying to trying to rile people up now, but <laughs> but he plays the deep. So he plays the Aquaman character. And first off, I thought the costume design on all the heroes' suits was great. Yep. I mean, it's very real world for it being so fantastical, as it were. But the Deep's costume looked really cool, actually. And OJ, Especially for, like, an Aquaman. Yeah, right? I mean... And OJ will tell you, because we watch the show together, mostly. Uh, I got an episode... He actually showed me the first episode last uh, this past Thursday, so... <coughs> pardon me. So, I'm sitting there watching it, and Star, Starlight... Uh, Starlight gets... Uh, Starlight? Yeah. Starlight. Starlight yeah. gets accepted into the Seven, and so he's super excited. He goes to the... Their, the Hall of Justice and, <laughs> and meets up with the Deep and so he goes, okay, pleasure to meet you da, da, da. and so he's kind of showing her around and she goes, oh, well he, he kind of makes this offhand comment going, oh, you like all the girls love Homelander, you probably had a poster of him up in your room, and she goes, no, actually I had a crush on you and not 30 seconds earlier had I said man, I like, I like the Deep, he seems cool and the moment she says that and turns her head to look at something turns back around He's a drop trout, as it were. Yep. <laughs> and he's just this dick out. And I'm stroking there, it. Yeah. Getting himself hard. And I'm just sitting there like, come on. Like, not, not literally, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like, damn it. Like, the girl's been there two minutes and your dick is out. And so she freaks out, as you would. And, you know, and then, you know, Aquaman Louis C.K. goes ahead and goes, <laughs> Goes ahead and and goes. Oh, what? Like you had a crush on me? What's wrong? It's like you whipped your dick. You know what's funny? It took me back to that "How I Met Your Mother" episode where I went when that came out. People were like, "Oh, it's funny." I'm like, you get that's like exposing yourself. The whole naked man thing, right? Like, no, we're not gonna talk about it. cool. So, of course, she freaks, and I can't. Uh, so he, he doesn't run out because he goes, "Oh yeah, I can tell everyone the seven that you're crazy." So he starts. Because she, because the the monitors get broken. Oh, that's right. Because she uses her powers. Yeah, that's he's right. like, oh, you threw me into those. Derp der. Yeah, which, which great look, but right. <laughs> so he gets his comeuppance though in in a way that. So, Man. so I will say too, uh, the deep. He's he's developed a little bit. They kept him alive, so I feel like he'll come back at some point. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him, because I found him very, uh, pun intended, uh, pretty deep, all things considered. For the limited amount of screen time they had with him, they maximized it. Uh, there's a scene that he has where, because he gets banished to uh, Ohio. Ohio, Sandusky. Yeah, Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, which they make, the guy who's running like his <laughs> his, uh, his room there makes a point to go, at least we're not fucking Akron. It's like, damn. <laughs> right. Take that, LeBron. Yeah, God, <laughs> yeah. School what? But but it's it's fun. It's crazy though, because he ends up in this this house or just in his place, and he's a good looking guy. Chase, Car- Chase Crawford's a very handsome man, yeah. so you know, of course, he can pull uh, some fishtail, as it were. And, oh man, in a place like Sandusky, Ohio. Oh yeah, you know he's standing out. Oh amongst, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, if this is San Diego, it might be a different story, or like L.A., <laughs> but. He'd still do good, but but 
he meets this girl, and this girl is clearly into. I don't know. If they they don't say she's into like superheroes or just in the pain. Mm-hmm. I'd probably lean towards the latter. I feel like it's the pain part. Yeah, but she ends up taking his shirt off, and and it's funny that something I didn't even think about. When you think about the fact that he doesn't take off the costume, I went that okay the gills that makes sense why he complete sense. why he normally will leave the costume on. So he makes him take the costume off and he starts digging her fingers like he's fingering his gills, and you're like, oh my god! So he's like, this hurts, this hurts to a point where he's damn near screaming, it hurts, and she's fingering herself while she's fingering his gills and causing him pain, and it's a to say it's uncomfortable would be a really mild understatement. Because yeah. I was squirming. Like, OJ will tell you, I was, I was squirming. Squirm- I was squirming too, man. We, we both looked at each other like, what the fuck are we walking? <laughs> like, this, this show gets... This is not for the weak of heart. Yeah. And, and I'll say if there is a complaint. Because stuff like that I can handle it most of the time. I mean, I think my threshold's pretty high, all things considered. But there was some of the violent shit that I just went... I didn't need to see that, and that's a little much. Uh, pop, uh, pop, uh, what, pop claw, pop claw, yeah, yeah, pop claw that we mentioned. Who's a trains? Uh, uh, not the wrestler kids, but he, but uh, who's a trains girlfriend? She oh, is she's a fine. Uh, yeah, she. Oh she, my god, she. Okay, is so fine. yeah, she pop claw the actress who plays her, uh, Brittany Allen. Uh, Ooh, she, girl, she, she is she is stunning. Um, yeah, uh, she's absolutely gorgeous, and I thought she was good here because she plays like uh, she plays an addict really, and she yep. just the way that she you feel her, her desperation, just her trying to get through a day. I thought that was actually really well portrayed for the limited amount of time that she had. Agreed. What tripped me out though is that there's a scene where she her she's basically sixty she's sixty nine her landlord without sixty nine him. She's but, sitting on his face. Yeah. Yeah. And so she she's she gets off, but in doing so she squishes his head between her thighs and his head just explodes into hamburger meat or human meat, whatever. And she's wearing a skirt, so she sits up and you just see it like drop off of her and I and and that was one of the rare times I was like, Alright, like that was a little much. I didn't like I heard the sound, I can you know, I can one plus one equals two. Like, I don't need you to. I don't always need you to show me everything. Sometimes my imagination can fill in the. She the wrote. She wrote his face like a bucking bronco, and yeah, yeah, it was With Gallagher on his head. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, uh, yeah, that's accurate though. Um, Lucky bastard. Yeah, I, I, there are worse ways to go. <laughs> oh, that's that's the way to go, right there. To, to, to be fair, yeah. and they were role playing too. That was the funny part. Yeah, like he was like robbing a bank. Yeah, and she goes, "Yeah," he's just like, "Oh my god, that's that's intense." Uh, yeah, there are worse ways to go though. Like to be fair, um, I think the only member of the seven we didn't mention is uh, the guy who's always dressed in black, whose name I can't even remember. Black Noir. Thank you. And he doesn't say anything at any point, and I will just say, like, he's kind of like Franklin on the peanuts. <laughs> like, he's just kind of, like, like he's just kind of there. And and I, I, and I know there are people who've read the comics who are, like, probably scream, like, this happens with him. It's like, that's cool, but could you give him a cane or something? Like, give me a reason to give a shit? He... He's barely in all the shots, too. Like, all the rest of the sevens around, you know, 
planting trees and whatever. But, but I love how Homelander acknowledges him towards the end. He goes, "Except for you, except for you, Black Nar, keep up the good work," or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly. Like, it was something along those lines, like. Homelander's this diabolical evil motherfucker who's like running the seven like it's his own like like his own little mini army, you know, of like little generals. And Black Noir and everyone's kind of fucking with everybody except Black Noir. He points him out just like you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's all he says. Yeah. I just thought that and, was my favorite joke in the whole thing. And Black Noir just kind of nods and that's it. <laughs> uh plays a <coughs> piano. Yeah, so there's a scene near the end where he plays a he with a great piano, uh, yeah, and he just stares this guy down like, yeah. like, like mean mugs this dude because he's playing piano first, so he sits down next to him and he goes, like, just looks at him. He goes, All right, I'm just gonna get up now. And Black, <laughs> and Black Noir, you can practically hear him go, Fucking finally, he just starts playing, <laughs> and starts playing himself. It's a pretty cool scene, too, honestly. And yeah, he plays a damn good piano, yep. Um, I want to get into Star uh, Starlight because he's my favorite character. <laughs> I, I would get in the Starlight, but uh, oh. but but, the, but Starlight though, and I, I I know couldn't help myself. I just want to say before you go on your spiel about oh, her, go. I just want to say in this one simple thing about her, I think she's fucking fantastic. Yeah, through and through, by all means. Um, so I had not seen her in anything, and mm-hmm. and. I gotta be honest, it made me go, where has this girl been? Like, seriously, where has this girl been? How how did we not know that this woman existed? <laughs> because she... And it's weird, I'm trying to find her on IMDb and it's giving me nothing, but... Um, oh, there we go. Erin uh, uh, Moriarty, who plays... Uh, her uh, her civilian name is uh, Annie January, which I actually mm-hmm. like that name. So that's right. Pretty, uh, I... I'd start my year with her, but, uh, but but Aaron Moriarty though she's the conscience I would say of the show because there's a point where even Huey just he doesn't quite break bad but he's like fighting it but he kind of does some shady shit. Annie is really just uh, Starlight. She really is the person who is just trying to do you know she's the Superman. Just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, she's the Superman. She's the like. Young Superman, she's young Peter Parker. She's just trying to do the right thing, like that. That's her moral compass. And she's the ideal in a world of non-ideals. I, wow, that's poetic. I, I, wow, I, I really like that. <laughs> Look at you, <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I got someone's been reading, but, <laughs> but, but, she's just she's amazing in this, and she's stepping into really the great unknown of. Okay, I've always wanted to work with the Seven. This has been my dream since I was a kid. And then it, it's a very harsh lesson that sometimes what you think you want isn't actually what you need. And she gets a really... She gets put through the ringer, man. I just want to give her a hug. Not not just for that reason, but I actually just want to give her a hug because she gets emotionally just wrecked throughout this first season. And, I mean, if anything, it hopefully makes her stronger, but... There's a point where Homelander is damn near about to zap her. Like, it, oh, like, man. Because, uh, because basically the Seven figures out that Huey and Billy are working together and that the, they're the ones who killed uh, Translucent. And after that, it really is just a collision course of when the Seven's going to figure it out. And when they do, and everyone who's helping Billy and Huey is basically, you know, blacklisted, it's... They find out she's been fucking him. Yeah, they find out that... 
that uh, Starlight's been fucking Huey, and it's it's a it's one of the best tense confrontations I've seen yeah. anything in a while because Homelander basically looks at her and goes, "If you were standing in my position right now, what would you do?" And it's a very well, I know what I would do, and that's not a good answer for you. And Queen Moth steps up and luckily uh, calms tensions, but it's a really tense scene. Which is a great part, too, because Mauve checks him. Yeah. For, like, kind of puts her chips in, and he's like, okay, okay, like... Yeah, he backs off a little he bit. He backs off a little bit, you know. Which was shocking, to be honest. Agreed. But but she has to go through... She ha- She's a character who has to go through the most emotions in this, so she has to go from being that very naive, uh, you know, small, uh, you know, small town girl to new member of the seven to falling in love to feeling bitter to realizing that her whole life what she thought it was is a lie because the big twist on this which i thought bravo to the show which i thought was so brilliantly done is that the the um the 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 corporation was it vogue of vaught vaught thank you V O G H T and the uh, G and the H are silent and the O's and all. Yeah, we make we make heroes super, which is yep. just a great fucking tagline too, by the way. But you find out that uh, that Vought has been Vought 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 yeah Vought basically is uh, drugging children from the time they're born, like early to like three months. Yeah. I think even earlier than that. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, because I don't care, like, a newborn. Yeah. Yeah, so these kids, as soon as they're born, are basically being injected with this, this, uh, the equivalent of a steroid. Like, imagine kids getting, uh, injected with Bane's venom. Kind of think about it like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's basically what it is. And so it's, it's, it's. That's you know, really, yeah, I like yeah, that. Thank you. Like, I mean, it's very much Bane's venom. It's, uh, Marvel, it's Terrigen Mist, you know, the X gene, whatever you want to call it. That's what it is here, and so basically, you find out that these uh, that this corporation is continuing to just keep heroes, you know, in the loop, and continuing to grow essentially more heroes. But then you find out that Homelander has been taking that same drug and putting it in different spots in the world, so that there are more villains too. So it's there's always going to be a hero villain dynamic, which so that their existence is also. Kind of like almost insured. Yeah. Like, what else are you guys gonna do against these guys? We have to take them down. Yeah, and and it, it, it's a and me and OJ were talking about off mic. It's a brilliant fucking plan. It's evil, but goddamn, it's brilliant. Like when you sit back and take a step back and think about it, you go, yeah, that works. Like it's evil. It's so incredibly evil, but it's so incredibly brilliant at the same time. <clears throat> so I actually had to give him like credit for being that diabolical in a weird way yeah and he he certainly is that homelander's a twisted some bitch yeah and and uh i i want to say too the 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 showrunner of uh of this and i i I want to give him huge amounts of credit because he's wonderful uh eric uh eric kripke who he actually wrote one of the movies that was one of our favorites last year. He wrote a, uh, The House of the Clocks on 12. No shit. He did a screenplay on that. All right. And I was like, good for you, man. Because that was a fun movie. That was a really fun movie. If you have not seen uh, The House of the Clock on 12, uh, I have not reviewed that. We should review that. You but, should. But 
damn good movie. Great movie for the uh, well for like not like ten year olds in that. Yeah, I'd say ten and up. Because yeah. because there are some scares in it. Like yeah. there's some shit that actually caught me. I was like, oh shit, okay. But but he did a hell of a job with this as showrunner. And kind of just going through here, because I want to finish up with uh, uh, Starlight, her big moment for me, or there's, there's two, there's two for me. One, she has a scene where she's her civilian self, uh, Annie, and her and Huey have this conversation on a, bench, on a park bench. It's a great scene. And I want to say it's episode two, yep. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much that scene I went, all right, show, I'm all in. Like, the first episode's great, do not misunderstand, but... You know, I think everyone has that moment from a show where you go, all right, I'm loyal to this until it gets shitty. And at no point does it get even close to shitty, so don't worry. But that was a moment I went, all right, show, I'm with this. Like, I'm, I am with this. When season two comes out, that'll be a, like, first day. Like, I need to set shit aside to make sure. Watch know. some boys. Yeah, I get through it. And the second scene that really sold me on the show and, and on Starlight as a character, there's this scene where she ends up at a Christian, like like a like a, like a Christian conference, basically, and everyone's sitting around in a circle, and they go, hey, and so mm-hmm. the audience is asking her questions, like, oh, hey, like, you know, have you tried drugs? Have you tried this? Or, And so one girl asks, did you have a boyfriend? She goes, well, yeah, I did have a boyfriend. And the next uh, girl asks her, well, did you ever have sex with him? So she's about to clearly say yes, like at, at like at like best case scenario, said we did some hand stuff, but <laughs> but so the uh, the pap, the guy who's running the the, the little group basically go like looks at her and goes shut the f- like say you're a virgin. So uh, she of course goes well yeah actually I'm I'm a virgin and so he goes right into I want to say it's Hebrews four twelve I believe that's a verse don't quote me on it. But basically says like, oh, you know, the sexual moral will burn, something to that effect. Uh-huh. And I will say, I will, I will try to keep this rant short. It is such a picture perfect uh, screenshot of religion and how religion at many points is handled. Because I'll tell you right now, if I was teaching at a church at church still, and someone asked me, oh. Like, have you smoked weed before? Yeah, constantly. Weed's great. <laughs> like, when, once you're illegal uh, and you can try it, I would recommend trying it. It'll help you relax. Um, but especially the way sex is handled and talked about in the church, it's very apropos of how it was talked to me about for me growing up. You know, how churches were like, hey, you know, don't you, don't you do it. Don't you, don't you even look at your dick. God's watching. Uh, <laughs> but but, but it, it's very much that sort of shame factor to it and so she gives a speech where they have the very stereotypical christian music playing in the background and all that and she just kind of snaps to be honest and kind of goes i can't do this anymore yeah and and she gives a speech that if you haven't watched the show i want to say it's episode i want to say it's five five or six yeah one of the two and it, it is such an empowered honest and brutally raw speech that i went me and uh, uh, OJ and I here. Um, he he he's a bigger one than me, but we're fans of Shakespeare. Like, and not just Shakespeare, but the concept of just giving an actor a script and going like, "This is your stage, go." And that's clearly, literally, and figuratively, <laughs> what they did. They said, "Hey, uh, Aaron Moriarty, here's your stuff, go." And we're gonna just shoot it and not give any cues or anything. And she just she hit such a home run. I 
I was actually choking up by the end of the speech. It was like, wow, okay, girl. Um, she shorthand basically says that no one knows what they're talking about. We're all just trying to be better people. And I, and I remember sitting there, sitting there going, yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. And it's such a beautifully honest speech. And, of course, the, uh, the HR department that they have, uh, it freaks out. Which I thought was a really nice touch to the fact that we have, you know, this is a corporation, so they have PR about, hey, this will get you more Instagram likes, this will get you more hits, this will, superheroes are being very much ran like a business, not about saving people, it's about promoting, and, and which is a very, unfortunately, dark, but accurate social commentary on our world as a whole, how at points it's really, I mean, you could put the pharmaceutical business as a sub-in for this, about how the fact that it's not about curing people, it's about, you know, staying face and string people along basically to keep getting their money it, it's really dark when you break it down like that yeah um i want to get to the ending here because you brought it up so the end of this show uh the big twist and i and it, it's and it's done well as a twist and it, it is a cliffhanger so just be prepared to be like oh come on like because you have to wait uh, so so billy goes ahead and has a bomb set up uh, to, to, to Madeline with a detonator in his hand. And so he basically figures out, which was brilliant, that Homeland doesn't have a weakness. But if there is a weakness, it's, it's uh, still well. So he has a Logically bomb. makes the most sense. Yeah. And so he has a bomb around her. And so after Homelander kills her, again, brutal as hell. He basically goes, fuck it, and hits the detonator, and the house goes, the screen goes bright, and you're like, oh, shit. But then the next scene, you see Billy, and he's outside, and Homelander's over him, and he goes, oh, you're welcome for me saving you, by the way. Uh, but they're in front of his, they was it his wife? Yeah. It was his wife, that's right. His wife, wife who went missing. Yeah, so they actually, so if you want to kind of get into that storyline real quick. Yeah, so uh, Billy Butcher, the reason why he is the way he is, uh, his wife, who used to work for Vought, um, according to Billy, was she was raped by Homelander, and she went missing one day, <coughs> never to be seen again. And that was eight years prior to the events of where the show was. Like, at one point in the show, they talk about how they put up a uh, a headstone for her, and Billy fucking refuses to believe that she's dead. And smashes it later. Yeah, with a sledgehammer, which is a real powerful scene. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the story that Homelander is told, because he looks into it, um, he is told that... Um, she died during childbirth. Childbirth, yeah. She died during childbirth because she ended up being pregnant from Homelander, which and that both she and whatever was born died as well. Well, turns out when uh, all is you know all is said and done at the very end, Billy Butcher wakes up basically on his missing wife's front yard, and out comes a boy who looks a lot like Homelander, and Homelander flat out says that he's his father, and she is shocked to see Billy and. Man, what a fucking thing to leave off on. Because that kid's eyes glow red. Yeah, man. 
it's it's such a trip and you're just like oh what the hell uh, so i'm really curious so we are both i think we're both in a camp we don't think she got raped i don't think she was raped either yeah i think she had a she was having an affair with homelander mm-hmm. i i i and if that's the case oh dude that is gonna that's gonna hurt a lot if that's the case i almost hope it's not the case and she was raped i know it's really dark to say but just Given the circumstances, I think Billy would go on shooting spree if that were to happen. I think that's the only thing you could take away from Billy, though. Yeah. So you got if you're gonna like take anything away from him, it has to be that. Yeah. Like that pain, oh, that anger is not justified, man. Yeah. Everything you did is now like questionable. Yeah. I. Oh God, that really. Oh, Almost want that to happen. Oh, I mean, it's. I'm just saying that it's a possibility, man. No, I feel. I, I feel like I, we were both, and that was something we didn't hesitate to to say. That's how we thought. So, unfortunately, I think that might be exactly <laughs> what the case is. So, eh, we'll see. Uh, wrapping up here because we're closing in on an hour. A uh, couple. Uh, one other character I want to get into real quick was, uh, and I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry, uh, Karen uh, Fukuhara. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, she played, uh, she played uh, Katana in Suicide Squad, which uh, you wouldn't know because her face was half covered. You right. Know? I, I, the one thing I did remember saying on Suicide Squad, because uh, I fucking hate Suicide Squad, but I remember saying that she had a great physicality to her, and I'd like to see her in something else. Yep. And go figure, she gets the points, and she's way better than this because they gave her shit to do. And yep. it's funny she doesn't she. She doesn't talk. It's it's kind of reminiscent of Milo Jovovich in Fifth Element, where she really doesn't say a huh. word. And yeah, and, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like right? that a lot. Right, I, I, and she really just has to do a lot of acting with her hands and with her uh, her, with her eyes. Man. Yeah, and her because even her face doesn't really move a lot until later episodes. But the way she looks at Frenchie, though, yeah, I mean, and there's just this genuine. She's only called the female right now. Yeah. But she had, uh, well, I, they, they say her name. I, like I think it's Kamiko. That that sounds right, yeah. yeah. But the way that she latches on to, uh, on to Frenchie is so freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. And he just cares about her. And, and I don't know if it's ever going to go romantic. I honestly would kind of prefer it doesn't, if I'm being completely honest. But it's probably going to, honestly. I mean, it depends on how they handle the romance. It could be good. Yeah, it, it could be. but It, it could. Could, yeah. I can't just write it off. But it, it's it's a genuinely sweet friendship for yeah. now. Because he really does care about her. And they find her in a cage, too, which is, you know, all sorts of not dark, which is so unlike the show. But, but she has, like, a very X-23 sort of vibe to her, yep. where she's just, like... She, she's she's Wolverine before he joined the X Men, where he she's yeah. just just rabid and intense, and she slices these dudes up multiple times in a way you're like, oh my god! And props to OJ, she gets cut damn near in half, and he goes, oh man, what she had the Wolverine healing factor, and Fred, she leans over because he's crying, and she opens her eyes, and OJ goes, oh my god, she does have the Wolverine healing factor. <laughs> yep. so, so, so props to you on that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, you it. definitely called that. I will say, the only real complaints I had is I wanted Queen Moth to be developed more. I would have liked a little more background between Billy and the other boys in the group not named Huey. 
And I would have liked some more, like, Black Noir, just, again, you got Franklin here. It's like, I would have liked a little something for him. If he's important later on, cool, but foreshadow, give me fucking something. Um, and then I thought some of the scenes were shocking for the sake of being shocking. Uh, I, I felt like they didn't need to push it that far at points. But honestly, those are a few complaints but not, not 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 enough to take away from my enjoyment of it, um, or, or my my significant enjoyment of it. So kind of wrapping up here for me, I'm between an A plus and a fan fucking tastic. Like I'm right there, mm-hmm. but I think about that last episode and how well that was handled, and thinking back on the show, it's weird. I don't know if I could watch this again like just throw it on like if i started i'd probably want to finish it if that yeah. makes sense yep like it's not so but i could go back to certain scenes yep and just appreciate it for what they are knowing how how it I'm turns at. out yeah so just off that alone i gotta be fair to this like i said has issues with it but for my enjoyment alone and for how much they push the envelope and just the the performances I did get of the main cast, I gotta get it's a fan fucking tastic. I think it's only fair. It might even be a low fan fucking tastic if there is such a thing, but it's a fan fucking tastic. This is something you need to watch. Uh, there's really there's nothing superhero relating to a Joker, which is mid October. Yeah. So yeah, you got you got two months to watch. Well, like, like six weeks to watch it, boys. Just. Hour-long episodes, solid hours. Yeah, and eight episodes. Yep. And so we got through day. We got through in a day. Yep. Like we started yesterday around noon, and we we're done by like seven. Somewhere like, in there, like, yeah. like eight thirty-ish because we took a break. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah. Give this, give this a watch. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, fan fucking tastic for me. Uh, OJ, final thoughts on Great Sir. So I didn't know what to expect going into this. Yeah. And my God, has my have my eyes been opened? So, for the sheer factor that this is like one of those kind of thing that pops for me a little bit more so than others because I hadn't seen anything quite like it before. Yeah. So that coupled with that, I do think this is Carl Urban's best character. Um, and I again, I'm not knocking anything oh. else that he does. No, I understand. I think all of them have a case for his big three. Yeah. I really do. But I think this is it. Okay. And I think future seasons will cement that. Like, um, I'm saying it now. I think by season three, I think people will be like, oh, he's Billy Butcher, man. Like, that's okay. his fucking thing. I mean, that's what he'll be associated with. First yep. Before. Okay. All right. Um, like, if they don't do, like, an official The Boys TV show moving forward... If they don't kill the character by series end, um, I can see them doing a Billy Butcher solo film. Amazon only, you know what I mean? Like, okay. send him on his way, deal with other people, you know what I mean? Like, I could see them easily doing something like that. Yeah. Um, He's really a trench coat and a skull away from being Punisher, and I mean that in the best way. Oh, Cause, absolutely. Because there's so much mileage you could get out of that, of just having him go to a town and just, like, solve shit. Yep. Um, so... Coupled with all of that, on top of the special effects are great. Yeah, they are. Homelander, maybe my, like, favorite villain in, like, damn near anything, like, this decade. Um, yeah. Like, it's possible. That's like, I, he has to be in the conversation. The, I enjoyed it that much. I gotta give this a fan-fucking-tastic, man. It's fair. 
Like, this was a mind blower. Yeah. He, he, he really's up there with, uh, and I'm just thinking of best films. I think of, like, you know, just that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, you think about, uh, you know, like Hannibal Lecter. You think about uh, Denzel, you know, along his own training day. You think Thanos. You think, uh, why am I blanking on um, Javier Bardem's uh, from No Country Home? Oh, Man. I can't remember you, the characters. You know, name. I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, though. Oh, but, yeah. But uh, him, you think about uh, Christoph Waltz and, and Glorious Bastards. While I am not a fan of Glorious Bastards, I think Christoph Waltz is fucking amazing in that movie and he deserves Oscar. You think about those great defining villain roles. I think Homelander, he could be in that conversation by in the next season. And what I mean yeah. by that is that you'll name him in like that top tier villains. You know what I mean? Yep. I think I think he has the potential to get there. Well, he sustained. What was really awesome was that he sustained all season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that drop can't come usually midway through a season. Right. But it's almost like, instead of, like, sustained, it felt like he ramped up. Yeah. Like, it's, like he got more villainous. Like, the more he just realized how powerful he was, you're like, damn, okay. Yeah. Um, and I give, I, I give Anthony, uh, uh, Anthony Starr a lot of credit, dude. So, oh, he, yeah, I know. He's, he's great. But, I mean, like, like yeah, man. Uh, oh, so good. Like, he, it looks so pretty, too. Amazon put some money into this. Mm-hmm. They they really did. I gotta give Amazon props. I mean, Lord knows you just you, if this is why you up the price ten bucks or so for Prime, then you know what? Well worth it because yeah. at least I know my money is being you know somewhat spent wisely. But I will say, if I'm gonna nominate anyone from the show for a Golden Globe or for an Emmy. I would go Anthony Starr, even though I like Star Girl. Uh, uh, Starlight more. I don't nominate Anthony Starr over everyone because I think for as villainous as he was and where the show ends with his character and the the, the little bit of sympathy they're able to, to, to drop in and just real quick to uh, before we wrap up here even though we just gave her grades I just want to talk about this one scene real quick there's a scene where this flight is going down oh my god and him, and, and him and Queen Mauve are there and basically uh, honestly, he's just being lazy. If we're being completely honest, like, he go, you know, Queen Moth points out the fact there's a hundred, I think, hundred thirty one people on the plane, something like that. Yeah, and he goes, God, I'd have to fly down and fly back up like hundred thirty one times. And you go, Dude, you're fucking fast as hell, really? And or the other thing, he even talks about the fact like like slow down the plane. He's like, Oh, what if I fly through and I like crash it? I'm like, Dude, if you grab the nose of the plane, you'd have enough of an angle to just like. Let drop down your hand. You mean like what Superman did in Superman Returns? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll subconsciously think about that. <laughs> but yeah, he's just being a selfish asshole, and so and he is. This too. little girl is like screaming. She's like, "Oh my god!" And like Homelander, you're gonna save us, and he's like, "Oh, of course I'll save you. Don't worry." And go, let's get the fuck out of here. So he, so everyone on the plane, rightfully so, screaming like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And and Homelander goes. You know, get the fuck back or I'll laser all of you. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And so the plane crashes, and it's just... And that's when Queen Moth kind of goes, okay, like, he's lost his fucking shit. And, and he should have been thinking that before, <laughs> to be honest, but that was kind of the moment that, that breaks her. And it's... It, it's... It, it, it's... I, I will say, because I don't think they're done with this, I think the fact that the plane crashed... And there's still enough people standing there. 
I think someone recorded it. I, I really think something's going to come from that. I think that will come back season two. I, uh, it very well could, man, because was, I was just going to comment, like, that shot where Homelander is holding Queen Mauve and the plane is actually going down. They're yeah. watching it go down. Yeah. Like, dear God, like, that is such a gut-wrencher because you see a couple people, like, fall out yeah. of the plane. And I can't help but wonder, I mean, was that over water? Was that over land entirely? Like That's a good point. Like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get that good of a look. But, yeah, um, they, they just show them on the beach later, but it doesn't mean they didn't fly to the beach or whatever. Right. That's a, yeah. And you see that little girl's bunny that yeah. you talk to? Wash up on shore. It's a it's a dark fucking scene, man. Like I, I uh, there's a scene in Daredevil where Kingpin just smashes this dude's head in with a car door. And oh I'm, yeah. And I'm yeah. all like, okay, show. Like it, it's very much that. All right, shit. You know it's I that, that scene. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 a gut wrenching scene. And I give the show. Like, the thing is, you can't say the show doesn't have balls because it has big brass balls because <laughs> it knows. This will offend a lot of people. There's no doubt it will because it's a. It, you if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'll say pretty much anything. Even I at points was like, "All right, show let's use." <laughs> but I give the show a lot of credit for even just going there, like just just props, props on that alone. So excited for season two. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, so we're filming it now. Hopefully we get it. If we get it next year, that'd be ideal. But we'll probably. I think we'll get it like. Early 2021. That's my guess, too. Is what I'm going to go with. I'll say, like, March. Yeah. So, but, uh, guys, have you seen The Boys? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Uh, you can go ahead and like uh, like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. You can follow Colin on Twitter at The Real, that's R E. <laughs> Pardon me as I burp. That's the the R E E L O'Neill. And you can follow us on alright, here we go. Uh SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Stitcher Radio now. Uh so go ahead, hit that subscribe button, make sure you're the first to know when we have new stuff drop. Uh OJ. Yo! Can you tell the people where they can find you, sir? Oh, absolutely. Uh my personal uh Twitter is the O to the J. That is capital T-H-E, uh, capital O, the number two, uh, T-H-E, and the capital J. Uh, you can find uh, KJ and myself collectively at KJ and OJ spelled out. That's K-J-A-N-D-O-J. And uh, you can find our show on the fly on uh, SoundCloud. Boom. And uh, I also I will be helping you stream here this month because uh, you want to play those Ultimate Alliance games. We're going to get to Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. It's going to happen. So... So you'll see me on there. You'll actually be able to see my face for once. So right, right. So all the more reason to tune into your. To Stay your... tuned to Twitter for the when and the how and the, uh, well, the why is for why the fuck not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're fun games. Exactly. They, they really are fun. But uh, guys, this week, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll have reviews up this week for uh, for where'd you go, Bernadette, and then for. Uh, that new that new Bruce Springsteen movie that came out like it's more of an indie movie but it's about the uh, I, I want to say I think he's in the Middle East and he just grows up listening and loving Bruce Springsteen's music. I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, so I'm just I'm actually just curious how it's gonna play for me. Uh, uh, Blinded by the Light, that's what it's called. I'm actually really excited to see this. So. That's an interesting. I mean, 
it feels like taking one artist and turning it into two musicals like a new thing these days. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the new comic book. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of becoming a trend. And so, I mean, Bruce is a good choice because Bruce, his, one of his always like uh, the things that people have always talked highly of is how his music relates to, to the everyday person. Yeah. Um, so that alone can like drive it enough if it's in the right context because i mean across the universe people were like well i mean does it how does it well how does a musical do yeah. to the beatles music work well that that's yeah. how it works yeah and it works really well too right so uh so yeah blind by the light and uh where'd you go burn that well uh, i'll have a review up for that uh before this uh, labor day weekend starts uh guys thank you so much for listening oj again thank you so much for being on i appreciate oh, thank it you, sir. uh you guys have a good night take care